Olympias mixed up. I got confused. We did talk. In a what? purely theoretical way. And then I realized that Einstein already did that. Ah. I was on drugs. Oh, okay. Uh, so you were able to see matter accelerating until it turned into light, or light accelerating until it turned into matter. Well, I came to the conclusion, uh, the same conclusion that Einstein came to, like, what, 50 years later? <laughs> <laughs> and then I explained it to Nate, and Nate's like, yeah, Steve, that that's the... That's Einstein's whatever. And I'm like, oh, fuck you, Einstein. <laughs> oh, wait, so you actually, like, conceptually arrived at the same point? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's pretty, that's fun. Mm-hmm. Drugs are cool, kids. Yeah, right on. <laughs> <laughs> that's not something that I want on in my voice said out loud on the internet. Well, that's too um, late. It's, it's already out there. Well. Well, um, we edit the show. It's fine. Uh, 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 yeah, just... It boost that part up a lot, like a yeah. meme. Bass boost. <laughs> um, Steve, what embarrassing things have you mm-hmm. done, said, or even kind of felt? I mean, pretty much everything in my life. Um, I know there's the one I think I've talked about on the show. When you get over 200 episodes, each at 30 to an hour, you forget all the things you talked about, and I just assume I've talked about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I remember at the, the time at the Super Bowl, that was really embarrassing. What? Um, there was, a there were all these cute girls there and one of them was like, oh man, I really miss my mom right now. And I'm like, you're like a teenager. Why do you miss your mom? And she started crying and she's like, my mom died. I'm oh. like, oh, that's like a classic bath situation. You walked right into it. That was like the worst. And then the, the girls went to the bathroom and then they came back and she was still crying. And I was like apologizing. But what do you do at that point? Like, it's all over for you. So, yeah, no, a curtain, man. That's it. It's fine. We went on dates later. Really? This is my life, buddy. Really? <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine? I'm, I'm assuming that you are not still together now. No. We went on like one date, maybe two. Okay. Imagine if you, like, you know, later on you got married, like your wedding day, yeah. and, and like there's the speeches and everything, and it's like, I'll never forget how I met my husband, Steve. Mm-hmm. And that's the story that, that she breaks out when he. I really wish asked my mom me how was I here could, right now. Yeah. I wish she was there to see him make me absolutely sad for no reason. Yeah, so that was still, really bad. Do you still think about that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I don't feel as guilty because, like, I didn't know. It was an honest mistake. Uh, but it's, I mean, it's haunting, so. Mm. The times mm. I feel kind of guilty and a little bit embarrassed is, like, you have those moments where you're talking to somebody and they're explaining something to you. And they're being very clear in how they're explaining to you. They keep re-explaining to you. and But it's just going over your head. And then, like, oh. five minutes later, you yep. leave, and you're like, yep. oh, they told me this, like, six times, and I just didn't listen. Shit. Yep. I hate uh, that. that. Yep, 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 yep. That Because you just feel absolutely dumb, because then it clicks, and you're like, oh, I'm Pretty a much. fucking idiot. Mm. I, don't, that, I don't know that I'm, I connect with that one very much. No? <laughs> you, you probably would just laugh at them, and they'd stop explaining it. No, I usually... I, I try really hard to 
to to understand and I usually will make them go until I understand. Oh, okay. It's I don't know. I You've yeah. never I've I am um, uh, in studying for for um uh engineering that requires a lot of like electrical engineering and all this stuff that I did not go to school for and I'm just like learning from online resources and a person I'm mentoring under I have those moments so often where he will explain something to me. And like it's like I don't know some high level like RF thing, and I just won't get it. And I'll say I do this dumb thing where I try and demonstrate that I understand something by saying it back, like being like, "Oh, so if you do this, then this will happen." Mm -hmm. And I was just like, there was one time that stands out to me where I did that like six times, and each time he was like, "No, no, no," uh, and then said the same thing yeah, over yeah. and over. And after that, I was like, "I'm not fit for this field." Yep. It one thing that happens to me a lot, and I don't know if it's me just explaining things poorly or what exactly, but I I get crazy when I'm explaining something or an idea to someone. Like I I don't think I'm that bad at explaining things. Sometimes I am, of course. We're all not perfect and everything. Sometimes like explain this idea and we're talking to somebody and then you know and then all of a sudden that person like five minutes later will tell me the idea like almost verbatim what I just told them back to me, and they're just like, "What do you think of that?" And I'm like. That's a great idea. Yeah, great, great, great idea. Where did you f hear that? Sounds like something I'd come up with. <laughs> it, it, it's like not I'm, like I'm not mad that they came to the same idea, but it's just I, I know that it took them a, like five minutes to process what I told them, and now they're acting like. It, but I just hate that they're coming up with it as if it's their own idea. I'm like I just told you this, buddy. Come on, come on. Yeah, which is always super interesting. I know that happened to me at the last the place I worked a little while ago. Um, was when I started there, I was significantly younger, early 20s, and I was trying to come up with new ideas. So I'd pitch some stuff and they would disagree with it. They'd be like, no, that, that doesn't make sense. You don't understand the industry well enough. You'll get there. And then like three months later, they would implement the same thing as their own design. And mm. I really didn't care myself because like I'm not in anything for glory or uh, it's just I, I was glad that they're implementing, but it's definitely frustrating that to be told, no, you're wrong, you don't understand, and then it's actually utilized in the first place, and they don't even realize that they're doing it. Yeah, yeah, even, you know, not being in it for the glory or whatever, just personally irritating when someone just shoots you down and treats you like an idiot and then goes and does what you said because it was a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the, it's like genuinely they didn't realize that they had been marinating on this idea, and then one little thing pushed them over to be like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea, and they feel like they came up with it on their own. And it's a lot like Nate says, memory is really faulty, really unreliable and bad. So they don't remember, they remember that it was a thing, but they don't remember where it came from. So their brain's like, oh, well, that came from my brain. Right. Or even it might have just been like one part of it they didn't understand. And mm. then later on, it clicked for them and they thought that they had come up with, they were like, oh, I made that idea work. Yeah. Now. And that's annoying. The brain is really kind of weird in that way because. There's a book from a guy named Daniel Kahneman, uh, Thinking Fast, Thinking Slow. And he kind of says that you have two different parts of your brain. One part will think fast. One part will think slow. My brain is generally pretty good, but it's more on the slow side of things. So it takes a while to process something. So you might tell me something, some super complex subject, and I'll be thinking about it in the background for like a week, a month, sometimes even years. And eventually I'll understand it. But if you explain that thing to me right away, I'm not going to get it. And a lot of people, you know, explain some sort of complex subject to them. They might not get it right away, but they'll get it sometime. Can I have that like, boom, light bulb moment? Oh, I get this. Or this idea just kind of pops out of nowhere. I have this ability to trace back ideas from where they come. 
Uh, that's something I'm very good at. But a lot of people, they don't. So they might just see the idea out of nowhere and like, oh, yeah, that's right. This is where this idea is coming. And they'll attribute it to themselves as opposed to where it actually came from, like the genesis. I was going to say your, your ability to recall the, like, the names of authors of books you've read uh, like that so quickly does, does speak well to your ability to remember where something came from. Because, like, I, I read a lot, but I never remember where or, it, like, how I've gotten any information that I've gotten. So that is an interest. Is that something that you, this is not a topic, but is that something that you've curated, like, actively? Like, I need to remember the people that I got these ideas from, or do you just find that you have a natural propensity for recalling, like, things like authors' names or how you learned something or where you were? I just have a, that natural propensity. Part of, like, recalling authors' names, I mean, I don't always do that, but I always like to be... Like, I'm afraid of being called out. It's more anti-conflict because mm. if I say mm. something which is not my own idea and I attribute it to myself instead of this other source, then I'm afraid someone's going to say, hey, that's not something you came up with. This is what this person said. But also, it's just kind of naturally inclement to myself. Like, S Steve, for instance, we had that podcast the other week where I said some random thing about kelp. And you're like, okay, why did you bring up kelp? And it's like, because we were mm -hmm. talking about SpongeBob earlier. So... It's like I have all these random weird ideas, but I know where they come from. I can see the genesis, but it makes no sense to anybody else. Huh. It makes sense that... to me sometimes. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just interesting that, that you're able to recall things like that. Mm -hmm. Like you've pulled up two names so far, Richard Fenman and the author that you just said that I already forgot. Uh, thinking fast, thinking slow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm not that great with names either, yeah. so I'm going to be very clear with that. But uh, usually I'm trying to like come like explain an idea like or like you know something that's very interesting i usually try to remember the name i bet mason only thinks fast i don't think period uh, <laughs> it's i am so just, fast i, I exist <laughs> it's not a speed thing it's that uh time is an illusion my friend i exist solely in the present moment when this video call podcast ends i'm going to i will not exist anymore i mean time's an illusion but it's not it's still a real thing i have one gray hair <laughs> See, Thank I have a story my point. about someone who should have been embarrassed about what they were doing, but absolutely wasn't, did not see it, and I admire them for their ability to have carried out what they did okay. without being embarrassed. <laughs> um, do you remember, I think it was like 2013, when Furbies had a resurgence? Do you remember that? Yes. Furbies became popular again? Yes. I, I don't remember, but I remember Furbies. Oh, well, they, they, they came back. They had, a, they had a brief moment where Furbies were the hot new thing again. They'll and be back again. And my little again. sister... Huh? They'll be back again. Yeah, they will. This There's is a dude a, on YouTube who made a Furby organ, and it is horrific. This is a warning, was, not, not a proclamation, not, yeah. <laughs> not a prediction. The real apocalypse in 2020 is when the Furbies come back again. Just be ready. <laughs> um, but but it was they, they had resurged, and my little sister wanted one for Christmas. And so my friend Tucker and I went on an adventure, and uh, we went to the toy store, and we found a Furby. Um, we may or may not have indulged in a small amount of the devil's lettuce prior to going out, mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. this was the time of my life when that was the thing that we did. Uh, and so we were in the toy store. We found the new Furbies. They only had one left. It was pink, and it was $69. So we had a good nice. little chuckle about that. It was nice. And uh, we carried it up to the counter. And at the counter of the toy store, uh, behind the behind the counter, the clerk working there was a, a middle-aged man, rather stout, rather like friendly-looking, big smiling face, and he was helping a customer who was buying a very large stuffed panda. And uh, we had walked up towards the end of the transaction, 
And the cashier said, oh, would you like this in a bag? And the customer's like, do you have a bag that will fit it so that I can sneak it in past the kids and they won't see it? And he's like, oh, yeah, I think we can cram it in one of these. And he grabs a large plastic bag from under the counter, does the thing where you shake it, fill it with air to get it ready to be filled with panda, places the bag on the counter over the head of the panda, pulls the bag down easily over the panda's head. So now the panda is lying on the counter. And mind you, I want you to picture this stuffed panda accurately. It was in a seated position. It was sculpted to be sat down. Big black and white panda. So his legs were sticking straight up in the air, almost as though he was in, you know, like a, in, a, in a prostate exam pose or whatever. As he laid on the counter, panda feet in the air, panda head in the bag, the cashier proceeds, since both of his hands were busy holding the handles of the bag, he proceeds to force the panda into the bag using his pelvic region. Mm-hmm. And we are standing in line behind this dude. And the customer is like trying to interrupt, doing that thing where it's like, what, if, oh, I mean, I don't need a, it's okay. And the cashier is just proceeding to repeatedly take the bag, this panda with a bag over its head, and he's just pelvic thrusting into the bottom of the panda, eventually ends up half forcing its arms into the bag, and then gives up and says, well, that's the best I can do, gives it to the dude, and the customer walks out, and we're just standing in line behind him, trying not to lose it. Cashier, nothing. Stone cold. This dude has no embarrassment bones in his body, and that is what I aspire to be, because... I, if that was me, afterwards, I would have gone home and thought about that and never stopped thinking about it. Man, I humped that panda bag <laughs> in front of that dude and those two teenagers with the Furby. But no, he he just checked us out. He's like, oh yeah, these are all the rage these days. And we're just like, <laughs> yep. Can I get a bag? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can I get a bag? Sexual Wait. harassment panda. Yeah, straight up. Uh, so that that is a person who I presume just has a mighty constitution. Well, it doesn't even sound like he realized he knew what he was doing there, like, because if he had someone explain that to him after the fact, he'd probably be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Maybe. That was hard. (laughs) (laughs) I found my embarrassment bone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. I don't like that. I don't like that Nope, that wasn't good at all. (laughs) I... Memory is fallible, as we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier, and I would like to picture in my mind's eye that as he cashed us out on the Furby, he looked up with a twinkle, a knowing look <laughs> in the back of his eye as we left the store. It's like but this, that isn't. This Furby's seen <laughs> shit. <laughs> right. Do you know how to turn that Furby on? <laughs> Let me get you a bag. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Yeah. So that, that, that wasn't me, but that was... Uh, I was proxy to some embarrassment. Mm. Memory that, really is super faulty. Super. Mm. My memory is really bad. Like you guys are talking about, Nate remembers things very well in the past and derivatives. Um, and Mason thinks so fast that he doesn't have a current train of thought. He only has a future train of thought. Um, is, is that accurate? I have to pick up lemons from the store. <laughs> Thank you. And, <laughs> My memory is like in if something happened within five minutes, I can tell you beat for beat every single thing that happened. Uh, I do play by play for TPC Sports. Really good at that because after the play happens, I can tell you exactly how it happened. Even in hockey where things move very fast. I'm like uh, point to point pass slap shot went over the left hand of the goalie as he was sliding over to the right. He tried to get his glove up, but it just missed over the left side of the glove. And that's all post in my brain. Right, without a replay, just from 
So you have uh, yes. like a very detailed short-term memory. Yes, is what you're I can do replays in my head and see exactly what happened. My one time, um, there was a game my mom and I were playing, and one of the one of the it was like a bunch of mini games, and one of them it flashed a thing on the screen. Uh, and the first time it did it for like five seconds, you had to remember the pattern, and then you recreate the pattern. The second time it was more intricate, and it was a shorter period of time. And then the third one was like very intricate, and it was like two seconds. It was like up, uh, gone. And I recreated it perfect. Uh, and my mom's like, you you just guessed. And I'm like, uh, no, and I can explain how I did it. I'm like, I saw it. I took a screenshot in my brain. And then I just stared forward and I just recreated the screenshot that I was still looking at because I was still looking at it in my brain. And she's like, so you, go ahead. You have the kind of memory that to anyone else near you looks like an insanely good memory mm -hmm. because in a short span of time when everyone else kind of remembers something, you remember details really well. Yeah, but once it's gone, it's forever gone. So if we put you and Nate together. It goes into the same spot of my brain where my dreams live. So I never know whether a memory is a real memory or a dream. I used to have that issue a lot. Yup. And all, you did? Yeah. All my dreams are in third person. I don't dream in first person. What? And this one's going to blow your mind. My memories are in third person. Huh. What? From what? You, so you, they're not memories. They, I mean, they are. But they're like... Okay, every memory is a recreation of events that is created within your brain, but yours are even more of a recreation because you're recreating the scene around you rather than the scene you witnessed. I recreate myself as a part of the scene that I see, yes. Hey, what the fuck? Right? <laughs> right? No, I don't like, I don't, I, I wouldn't do well in, in that little skull of yours. In so, that big skull of yours, that's not what I meant. So like... <laughs> your teeth are stinky. <laughs> so like, I... All, I would recreate this scene from, like, up there, and I would see the, the bed, the cat on the bed here, like, all the things that I'm not physically looking at right now, but I would see them all as a part of this scene. That is wild. Mm-hmm. Do you dream in color? Um, That's a hard know. one to answer. I think, I think it's black and white. I think my Really? I think it's black and white. I think my memories are, too, but I think if I need to say what color is that i can identify a specific color uh, this is spiraling out from the intended topic <laughs> but because you've you've reminded me of it it was something i was reading about recently are you do you guys know what aphantasia is no it sounds you, sounds familiar but go on it's it's the inability to imagine visuals oh no i didn't know that apparently there, and it's it's more common than it seems. There, it's still rare, but it is more common than you would expect. People are unable to imagine images, and a lot of people go their whole lives without knowing until until they encounter something where someone's like, "Picture an apple." Okay, what color is it? What is it on? What what's around it? Like, because if I say picture an apple, like you probably picture an apple. It might be on a table. It might be against a certain colored background. It might be floating in a black void. But these people just don't. They don't picture images. They can you can live your whole life without doing that, um, but like for them, reading books is an entirely different thing. Because like for me, and I'm assuming you guys, when you read books, you are it's almost like you're watching a movie in your head as everything unfolds with visuals and colors and things going on. But people who are fantastic, I don't know how to conjugate it. <laughs> I like that. Um, this, that sounds like not fantastic. <laughs> um, a fantastic. Yeah, it's people who are a fantastic. I don't know that that doesn't feel right. People who can't imagine visuals 
have a very, very mm-hmm. different inner life. And it's just a fascinating thing. Like, there's a lot of threads on Reddit about it that I've come across. That really is. I, I agree with like the, the book reading thing because when I read a book, my vis- the visual in my brain is so strong that I feel like I don't remember if I've read the book or watched yes. the movie. And then I'm like, oh, they never made From a Buicade into a movie. So I must have <laughs> read the book. Yes. That is exactly it. I can't say I have aphantasia, but maybe it's like a small form of it. Because I, like when I read a book, I have a hard time actually reading it. Like if, if it's like, you know, fictitious or describing scenes, because I'm just like reading words and then I have to put a lot of energy to like imagine what it's like. But even when I imagine it, it's not like a, I'm actually seeing something. It's kind of really? more conceptual. And it's kind of how my brain works more in general. Like, you tell me to, like, imagine, like, a red apple. Like, I can kind of, like, picture it in the back of my brain. But it's more like the concept of the red apple as opposed to, like, the actual red apple. Okay, Nate. Picture a red apple in your head. Mm-hmm. Is it on anything? Is it placed on something? No, not really. No. Okay, put it on a table. Put the apple in your mind on a table. Okay. What's the table made of? Wood. Wood? Does it have grain? Yeah. Is it made of one big piece of wood like butcher's block? Or is it made of like several pieces of wood with varying colors like lighter and darker wood? Is it a table you recognize? Uh, it's pretty much a table that's sitting right in front of me. Okay, yeah. So you don't have aphantasia because you would literally be unable to like answer those questions. Except from like a purely like, I don't know, I guess it's made of wood I can or something. Um, but perhaps you just don't think as visually. Yeah, well, what's kind of weird is back when I was, like, young, I, like, third grade or so, it's like I would always have, like, these crazy daydreams and be super vivid. It's almost like there are little dreams that happen, like, just in everyday life. And it's like I got into this philosophical discussion with myself because the question to my brain at that time was, where are these visions happening? Where's the placement, right? Because it's like, Um. is it happening here? Is it happening there? Like, there's no spatial location to it. And it really bothered me. And it, it, I could never solve this qualm. So every time I had like a, uh, a daydream, I'm like, where are you? And I just got really annoyed with it. So I just said, stop. stop. So, so I just kind of stressed it. Do you think you deliberately shut down part of your brain by training yourself to do that? I, th- I think I did, to be honest, in a way. Like, I don't have a very... So my dreams, every time I dream, everything is way too super visual. Like, almost realer than reality in some ways and really crazy like i don't know it's insane but in everyday life when i try to like imagine things it's just very vague and more conceptual like i can tell you details about it but it's more like me thinking about what the details kind of look like it's supposed to be like seeing the details interesting that is really interesting i'm gonna ruin reading for you too okay do it when you read and meter i want to know your answer too do you hear the words spoken in a voice in your head? Or do you just picture, like, once, obviously you can read something and hear the words deliberately, but when you are reading just casually and you get really into something and you're, you're seeing it, are you hearing words? Are you reading to yourself or are you just absorbing the words without having to essentially repeat them mentally? I have to read them to myself. And that's where it's really ah. difficult. It's like I don't hear things in characters' voices and all, everything like that. I can kind of force it if it's like a show I've watched. So, like, let's say I was trying to read Game of Thrones for a bit. So 
it's like I knew the characters from the show, so I try to put the character in that voice in the sh- from the show, and sometimes that would work. But generally, I just can't do it. It's like I also can't follow characters. But but you do hear the but you do hear the words themselves. Yeah. Well, yeah. But it's me, like you, you know, like when you think to yourself, like say, like uh, I'm a good boy, or you know, yes, you can do it. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> what, what was your example? Uh... <laughs> One of the things he has to say when he's apologizing to his girlfriend. <laughs> what? How? Uh, so, was it your mom or your dad who was a dog? <laughs> a little of both. A little bit of both. Okay. I don't have an internal narrator. I, I just read and the words go in. And reading that people do messed me up because now if I think about it, I start reading the words and hearing the words in my head. But when I'm just doing it without thinking about it, I don't. The words just go in. And they turn into whatever it is that I'm reading or conceptualizing, even for nonfiction, not just like stories. Like if I'm reading some textbook about electromagnetism or something, it's still not I'm not hearing the words. I'm just taking in chunks of it. But I I also read very quickly. Hmm. And there seems to be a link between people who self narrate reading slower, but perhaps having better comprehension and people who don't self narrate reading quicker, but perhaps not having quite as good a level of comprehension. Um, I don't have anything on hand to back that up but if anyone listens to this i would encourage you to read about it because it's fascinating do you feel like your comprehension with audiobooks and podcasts are good yes oh yeah i i yes i almost always am listening to speech i've kind of stopped listening to music in like the last three years mm-hmm. uh which is not good because i like music i bump back into music a little bit but yeah i'm almost always listening to people talking and absorbing actual information and, and I think at a certain point when that happens, also, I'm not listening to the words so much as I'm, I'm like picturing the concepts or thinking about the things they're talking about rather than paying attention to the words they're saying. But it's different because that you don't mm. have – like audio processing is different than visual processing, I think, in the way your brain, brain handles things. I'm not a neuroscientist. I'm not a scientist. But I imagine that the multiple uh, – there's different ways that you take in information. Um, Meter, when you're reading, are you a self-narrator or are you an absorber? Um, So I start out reading the words and narrating the words until the projector starts actually functioning, the light bulbs warmed Mm. up, and then I start watching the movie. Um, So it's, uh, I think in concepts, I don't think in words i don't think in when someone's talking to me i'm not hearing words i'm trying to hear the concept they're trying to convey um which is very very good for communication because people usually aren't trying to pick words they're trying to explain something uh and it's great for my ability to take information and uh, apply it elsewhere and to utilize that across different things um so when i'm when i'm actually reading or listening to something i'm thinking in concepts rather than actually the physical words or, or literal meaning i re- i definitely relate to that more than what pepin said so perhaps we have more similar inner brainings in that mm. sense also yeah. interesting about talking about people choosing words when they speak a lot of people don't talk in complete sentences and like there's okay so this came up You've seen, I'm sure, many transcripts of Donald Trump talking, and it looks like utter mm-hmm. insanity because it's just half sentences, mm-hmm. cut off things, repetitions. But that is honestly a lot more true to how most people speak. I don't like the guy, by the way. Uh, I think he's a piece of shit. But like the the way he talks 
And when you see it transcribed, it's unusual for someone in the position of being a, like a nation's president because they're used to reading speeches or giving speeches or orating and speaking in more complete sentences. But his way of speaking is a lot more like everybody else's way of speaking. And when you just listen for concepts, you don't notice it. But if you do start like picturing people's words coming out of their mouths in a font, you will start noticing how many incomplete half sentences, cutoffs and run ons people use. And it's true. And uh, he's kind of train of thought uh, and will cut off his current thing to try and get a different point across. And a lot of times he'll use that to jump from one point to another. Politicians are very good at that, taking the point that they're in and jumping to another. Um, and you did it when you were explaining about doing it. And I did it just now. Um, I wrote a thing once. Uh, so uh, the, one of the NPCs in the uh, campaign that I'm running uh, is pretty much he, he speaks like Donald Trump or she in this case, because he's playing a female um, and uh, does a very good job. So they were talking about it was that person, the real person's birthday. Um, and they said that uh, that ber their birthday was banned in the U.S. per that character. Uh, so it's very meta. Um, but I wrote a thing um, that everyone's like, that's pretty much exactly the way he talks. Because I've, I've taken down, like, I've conceptualized how he thinks and talks. Um, I'd love to, to read it real yes, quick. Yes, yes, please do. Uh, I got it Because right you, really, you really hit it when you discuss those elements of, of jumping and cutting off and leaping to different points. Uh, so and I, I'm not going to mock his voice. I'll, I'll just uh, read it pretty straight. Pretty I will straight. mentally transform um, your voice into a mocking tone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Today has been a huge success. We've finally gotten rid of the terrible birthday celebrations for people in Canada. We have to put America first. We have birthdays, the greatest birthdays. Nobody even, and I asked around. I read reports, the best reports, with accuracy you would not believe. The reports we got from the previous administration, they were fake news, completely fake news. I met the president of Canada. We're good friends. He's doing a wonderful job. We've got great trade deals. NAFTA was a disaster, but now the people up there... They love me. I walk around. I hear them talking. They cheer for me. We have the greatest city in the world. We have great trade deals. We're raising tariffs on birthday cakes. They're not sending us their good cakes. They're sending bad home bakes. Terrible. <laughs> We're doing a great job. Wonderful. No other country. And they, they try. They think they know what makes. And they don't even get close. Not even a little bit. Steve. Yeah. You got it, man. <laughs> That's so dead on. Also, the the wordplay there was <laughs> absolutely choice. I'm glad you guys caught that. So there, there, he's on topic the whole time. He's still talking about the cakes. There's throwing in a whole bunch of other little things he wants to get across. Well liked trade deals, digs at previous administrations, uh, but always managing to bring it back to sound like. He's just on topic enough to not be completely and ludicrous. And allowed, it works, but we don't write like that. So when you read it written, it looks like insanity. It really does. <laughs> it's one of those things where you kind of can get into the brain, because I think you guys are explaining something that's kind of been in the background of my, like, like what's that, what's that term? Like, uh, it's, it, it's 
some it's internalized, but it's not yet kind of uh, conceptualized or not put in words because like kind of like understood that like that's kind of how his brain is working. But that's also how my brain works a little bit too. Like a lot of times when I'm speaking, like I have like an idea of where I'm going, but there's all these other thoughts that pop up. Like as I'm saying something, like I say something like, oh, I need to explain this now because that's not going to be understood by Susan, you know, in the audience. Or I say this, but I have to give a little rebuttal here or I have to explain this. So it does get all these thoughts that pop in my brain that I need to like I feel like I need to explain sometimes I like well suppress them but sometimes I just have to like keep going with them and it's not you know it's not understood maybe it's maybe understood by the audience but it's things I have to explain to myself to get a full picture it's weird the internal monologue that you have when speaking if if that's what if that's what you mean like as you are trying to convey a point different things are popping in your head like oh but they might think this so let me clarify this point and I'm speaking to these people so they must know this thing um Mm -hmm. I have ADHD, and I've had to, like, my, my, my job involves a lot, uh, public speaking, I guess, is one way to put it. Um, I've had to very, like, carefully try and work on the way that I speak to try and be clearer and speak in more complete sentences, because my, the, my thought process is a lot more of that chaotic, like, trying to factor in all of these other things. And it's weird, mm. because, like, I still feel that going on as I'm speaking, um, and trying to adjust what I'm saying. The, the idea of having a destination and not knowing how you're going to get there is very poignant. I, I definitely feel that too. Uh, and a lot of times it's uh, I end up saying too many things because I'm trying to prerequisite all of the stuff I'm about to say. With here's backstory you need in order to understand the thing I'm about to say. Uh, and, a, and by the end, a lot of times I end up embarrassed because I'm like, I completely, I, I was... I didn't, you didn't need all that info Mm. and I gave it to you anyway. So sorry. That's weird. I struggle the opposite way in that I will tend to overcorrect and give not enough information. And I'm also very bad at telling stories because of that. Whereas you're a very good world builder. (laughs) So we'll, we'll get together and we're going to build the best world with the best characters. Characters like nobody else has ever seen. They're going to be great. They'd be so good and wonderful. The other worlds have characters, but I can't do it. I don't know the, I don't know the syntax. That was it. There was something like that the other podcast we did. Uh, who was the podcast with? It was something like uh, Who Needs Bananas? And yeah. it's it's who like wants. Who Wants Bananas? And it's like I was giving – so like give – the topic was like give facts that you know. And so I started yeah. giving like audio facts about like how you progressed. And it meant to be like like a quick like two – minute fact and turned into like a eight minute like dialogue oh, <laughs> from no. myself it was it was a dissertation <laughs> it was not a fact there's a difference Nathan and it's it's but it's like I, I had just a small little fact essentially like audio conforms to the standards of how people listen but it turned into like a dissertation of like in eight minutes in this like full in, in Rome <laughs> in the ancient times this happened and that and you finally ended on like modern day equipment it, but it's like the whole process in the golden age of wax cylinders and live audio recordings by Nathan Pepin oh is that transatlantic? Scholastic Films presents. No, I don't have a great transatlantic. That's a really hard accent to nail because it's like quarter British. It's... But it's it's like the thought in my head was like just like a, a couple seconds. But to me, actually explain that thought in my head was just like expanded over like eight minutes. Like I didn't know it was going to be this long. I'm not mad it went this long because I think it was good content. <laughs> but everyone else is just kind of just like nodding their head like, okay, 
when's this gonna end? <laughs> what you had was you know you you had the right information. It was just with it was written on a piece of paper inside of a Russian nesting doll, and like and you're like, oh, let me just get this out for you. So here's like the intro, and well, okay, well we need to open this one. Oh, and then you end up opening all the dolls and reading all the papers, and then you get to the last one. You're like, anyway, I like apples. And the last one was filled with vodka. Yeah, and the last one. Vodka. That's how rushing nesting dolls work, right? In Soviet Russia, point makes you. Yeah, kind of going a little <laughs> bit back to the earlier idea. It's like, I can see all those paths I'm going to be going down, but sometimes you don't know how long those paths are conceptually or, or like actual time-wise. Like, you know how long they are in your head. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, like uh, quantum physics, like, like bad example. Right, but. You have that base knowledge, and you can draw that out immediately in your mind to frame what you're saying. But if someone doesn't have the base knowledge, you have to build them the whole house to give them the milk from the fridge that you also built in the house with your words. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, well, my metaphors have been slipping. Uh, it's like digital signal processing. It's like, to me, that's like an easy thing. But let's say I'm going to bring it up on the podcast. I have to go into like audio and how audio might cancel out and all this different stuff. And it's like, okay, right. Like it, to me, it's like a quick little thing, but to other people it's, well, if I have to explain it out, it's going to be like a 10 minute, 20 minutes, a little uh, dialogue and that no one wants to hear. Maybe fish stick wants to hear it though. Right. I, 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 I am restraining myself from launching into it because it's also a topic I'm passionate about as literally someone who does audio engineering. Like we could do a whole show about the history of audio, the mechanics of, of di digital audio, signal processing, all of that stuff. We should do that at some point. But, but anyway, that's my embarrassing story. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, we've gone pretty far off topic. I, I did tie it back in, but... <laughs> I don't know if it counts as tying back in if you just say, anyway, here's a no, different... <laughs> no, 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 not then. A little bit earlier before Nate started talking about uh, the processing. Oh, did you do that thing again where you were like, I'm going to hand you a Segway, please take it. And we were like, no, nah, fuck that. No, it was, it was fine. This is the nature of our show. We, we, we take a topic and we talk about it and we let it branch where it needs to branch. So I'm going to do that thing where Steve's trying to get off that topic and I'm going to bring it back. So I think we should use 192K audio, uh, uh, you know, kilohertz audio. I think we should use 64-bit uh, although the audio interface is only capable of 24, but I think we should only use mono, not stereo. But why would you use 64-bit when you can almost not clip with 32-bit float? That is just an insane waste of hard disk space. I, well, you see, I also think we should use 192 kilohertz, but oh, so you you really want those transients, is what you're saying? So you want a lot of dynamic room for the transients. We need to make sure that we're using you know mics that only are capable of say uh, you know say uh, 22 kilohertz, just to make sure <laughs> it's a good fit there. Right. You want to have that bandwidth headroom just to make sure that just in case somehow you manage to capture some really sharp transients with your microphone that has a plastic diaphragm, you can. Have you seen, uh, there's a company in New Hampshire, Milford, New Hampshire, named Earthworks. I'm going to do that thing where we try to move off the topic back to the original thing, and then I say something dumb that continues it. Earthworks uh, is right down the road from me. Earthworks is right down the road from Stephen. They make research microphones that are capable of recording up to, uh, I think it's 60,000 hertz uh, frequency response on these mics. They are amazing. And when you hear, like um, a, a, of course, a high sample rate recording of something like an acoustic guitar, the realism, because even though you can't, Human ear hearing can't hear much above 20,000 hertz. The, the response that you get on quick sounds like transients, um, it, it becomes so much more real because 
all of that information is there. It's amazing. I highly recommend checking out Earthworks. Well, we know where we're getting our next mics from. Yeah, good luck, man. They're so expensive. I was like, those are my bucket list mics, and then I would never use them because I'd be afraid. That's a fair response. Let's get in contact with them because we could do like a tour and be like, hey, we're from We Need to Talk. Hey, let's, let's do this. And then it's like they give out mic samples at the end and we just take one or two. <laughs> yeah. Mic hey guys, samples. <laughs> you make microphones. Do you know about podcasts? Because uh, we're kind of a big deal. We've got a podcast and we use microphones. So <laughs> uh, I already did reach out to them um, probably over a year ago. And they chose not to respond. Ouch. Uh, oh, yeah. They have some studio mics. They do. But the research mics are the ones you want, man. Oh, this one says 30 hertz to 33 kilohertz frequency response. What's their highest one? Because I swear they had this, a one. This one's $2,500. Yeah. Which is honestly pretty cheap for something like that. Um. Do they not have one that goes up to 60K? I thought I mean, they had one that went up to 60K. probably do, but they have so many. You want the measurement series? That sounds Yes, great. yes, yes, the measurement series. That's the, that's the shit. Oh, wow. Microphone by series. Uh, 50 kilohertz measurement microphone? That's the one. The uh, M50. Yeah, that's only $1,300. Yeah. 3 hertz to 50 kilohertz flat frequency response. Three, Handles three up to, to 140 decibels. Flat with a huge sound pressure level tolerance. Up to 140 decibel SPL without distortion. Omnidirectional yes. polar pattern. It's an incredible piece of engineering. That is an amazing piece of audio tech. To have a flat response from 3 to 50K just makes me... How would you, how would you feel... How would it sound using our voices? Probably just like talking to you in real life. Well, Nate, this is what I'm buying for us next time. Next time we need new mics, we're getting these. I think it's going to be overkill, to be honest. It's going to be the most overkill that is not going to be useful at all. Especially because I'm guessing you're going to turn this into a 44.1 MP3, so you're just throwing away all the information. We will anyway. be exporting in Wave and nothing else, thank you. Okay, well, I feel bad for everyone's smartphone as they're like, storage full, I downloaded one episode of We Need to Talk. <laughs> Whenever my data plan, I was just streaming a podcast. We should start a, a podcast that is completely inaccessible because it's so high quality. But the content is just like live readings of, of My Immortal or like Shrek memes or something. Imagine the ASMR. You can hear my lip smacks. Imagine looks, though, they're right next to your ear. Imagine the ASMR channel at that frequency range. It would be hell because... What Nate is doing right there would be so realistic and crisp. It's like they're like in your ears. Yeah, it would literally be like someone is popping their bubble wrap with well, their wet fingers in my head. Well, we'd only release it on Pornhub. Also, you know Because it would problem? be illegal everywhere else. <laughs> yeah, it would. The other problem, though, is that almost everyone's playback system would not be able to support it. Because like my, my mm -hmm. studio monitor speakers here only go up to, I think, 18K. <laughs> and like... Uh, that's because they're garbage, but like most people, you know, would not have uh, speakers that can even reproduce high enough frequencies. So there's that. I mean, then again, you get into the argument of like, well, with the faster transient response, can you get sharper transients even though the speakers can't pass the frequency just because of the sheer momentum of snapping them back that quickly? If they can even receive that, if it doesn't get cut off by the, uh, by the crossover filter and... This is the conversation that Nate and I should be having on our secret podcast, Sounds 
two white guys talk about sound. <clears throat> nope. The show is called Sounds Good. Sounds Good. There we go. You and your marketing brain. <laughs> See, this goes into like two different co- topics. Like, we were having an inner monologue with yourself right there, where you had to explain the little things just in case someone who was in the audio sphere was listening to it because you need to make sure that you were being complete with your actual, like, say, uh, discussions. Yeah, and the fear of being called out is real because I found, and I hate this, that for some reason, like, audio people get really smarmy about their smartness. Like, you're not, and I really try not to be, and I appreciate that, but I've met a lot of people, like, everyone who's into engineering, even if it's just audio engineering, has the biggest dingus, like, and it's and it's ridiculous. Uh, you shouldn't shouldn't lift those grounds, you freaking noob. <laughs> it's humming! Shut up. The secret sauce is I try to troll you a little bit with some of my audio stuff. Like, like 192 kilohertz. Like, yeah, let's make sure Bass can hear us. Yeah, right. I, and I'm not, I'm trying to, I'm not, not going to call anything out. I think recording podcasts at 192 is an amazing idea just because I love, my fetish is putting a lot of effort into something that does not end up resulting in anything. So sounds good as an open podcast name as long as you put the apostrophe in there. Where? Like sound is good. Oh. Sounds good. Okay. Um, so because there's another one that's about like uh, discussions with optimists and it's just sounds good. Um, so mm. just saying that's open if uh, anyone wants to take that. It's a really good. That's a really good name for a show. I can sell the crap out of that. Yeah, you could. You should buy up that URL and sit on it, and then mm-hmm. sell it. I, I, and I'll add it to my other ninety-six URLs. Yes. My father. That's not an estimate. That's a number. I'm gonna try and slowly trail this back to the embarrassing stories by saying a story that's not embarrassing, but just kind of mean. I'm gonna let you finish, but I'm gonna let you finish next week because I think this episode is going a little bit too long, and uh, yeah, we need more content. So next time on, we need to talk. Part three of embarrassments, because this episode is somehow still about embarrassments. That's kind of embarrassing. That flub.